0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can follow us using your favorite podcast software. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show using the Zell app to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. If you're listening on YouTube, you can send a super thanks directly from YouTube by pressing the dollar link. After today's podcast, I'll be talking about not only our plans for Thursday, but also for, uh, Longer term, upcoming, future podcast plans. So be sure and listen for that. Now it's time for Mister Chameleon. The original air date: October the thirteenth of nineteen forty eight. The case of murder and the house of whispers. Next, Mister Chameleon, the man of
1: many faces. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer Aspirin. As all of you know, Mr. Chameleon is known in the police as Chameleon, the man of many faces, who appears in various disguises to track down his prey. The audience always knows who Mr. Chameleon is, but the criminal he is tracking down seldom does. Tonight, we give you Mr. Chameleon and the Case of Murder and the House of Whispers. It is early morning, and that section of New York City known as Greenwich Village is just coming to life, and through the narrow, twisting streets speeds a police car until it comes to a stop at the mouth of an alleyway. And Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, jumps from the car and pushes through the crowd. Will you let me through here? Let me through, please.
2: Hello, Officer Casey. Where's Detective Sergeant Arnold? Right in there, Mr. Chameleon. It's a nasty job. Yes, sounds as if it were. Dave, hello. Mr. Chameleon, don't tell me they sent you down. Why not? Tell me a blind beggar had been murdered. Stabbed to death. Let's have a look at him.
3: He was known around these parts as Blind Barney. As you can see, he has all the paraphernalia of a beggar.
2: Hmm. Only he wasn't blind. What? No, I don't think so, Dave. The coroner will have to verify it, but I'm pretty sure this man could see. Look at his eyeballs. What's this?
3: Yeah. Someone carved an X on his cheek.
2: Yes, yeah, so they did. An X? What could that be, do you suppose? A brand? A warning? Dave, is that another blind man I hear tapping down the street? It's three of them, Mr. Chameleon. Three? What on the... Officer Casey.
4: Yes, Mr. Chameleon.
2: Those three blind men... No, it's four. Uh, Where do they come from? Where are they
4: going? Oh, them, sir. Well, they come down this street every morning. Blind Barney, God rest his soul, he used to do the same thing. You see that nice-looking old house, the red brick one with the white door? Yes, Well, sir, that house belongs to a family named Jones. Evan Jones and his two sisters, Abigail and Priscilla. And those three people are famous all over this neighborhood for their charity and their goodness. They never turn anyone away. Uh If you're
2: sick or hungry or without a roof over your head, all
4: you do is ring that doorbell and the Joneses
2: look after you. Well, that's amazing. They must feed half the beggars in New York. (laughs) It looks that way sometimes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm telling you, they're saints. They must be. I think I'll have to ring that doorbell myself. They might be able to tell me something about the murdered man, Blind Barney.
4: Mr. Chameleon, this is a horrible shock. That poor beggar, Blind Barney, has been coming here for years. He always seemed the soul of gentleness. Isn't that right, Priscilla? Abigail? Oh, oh yes, Eben. Eben. Yes, indeed. yes, indeed. It seems so hideous that anyone should murder a blind man. A helpless
2: creature like that. Alone and destitute. Only he wasn't, Mr. Jones. I beg your pardon? He wasn't destitute. We found $300 in cash sewn in the inner lining of his coat. Also, he wasn't blind. He could see as well as we can. Oh,
5: oh no. no. Oh, oh Eben. Eben.
4: Poor old lost soul.
2: You're very tolerant, Mr. Jones. My dear
4: Mr. Chameleon, you as a detective must know a great deal about human frailty. So do we. This isn't the first time that my sisters and I have been fooled. But I'd rather be fooled a dozen times over than to turn away one deserving person who needs my help.
2: Mr. Jones, there aren't many like you in this hard-boiled world we live in.
4: I'm simply following the teachings of my father. He was a very great man, wasn't he, Abigail? Abigail. Priscilla.
5: Oh, oh, yes.
4: Yes, yes indeed, indeed
6: Evan.
4: He was a New England shipbuilder, Mr. Chameleon. He left a fortune to me and my sisters here, along with the provision that we devote our life to good
2: works. We've tried our humble best to live up to his example. Well, I should say that you've succeeded in a big way, Mr. Jones. Uh, how many beggars do you feed here a day?
4: Between 30 and 50. I must show you through the house. We have a special room where they sit and a special kitchen. Jose, that's our cook, must put up a hundred sandwiches a day. Mary Smithers distributes them.
2: And, um, who is
4: Mary Smithers? Oh, she's a perfectly darling
5: girl. A perfectly darling girl.
4: Indeed she is, Mr. Chameleon. A sort of combination secretary and little mother of the poor. She, oh, well, here she comes. Oh, dear, dear, who's going to tell her about Blind Barney? Uh,
7: you'd you'd better, better tell her, Edmund. Edmund.
4: Yes, I, I guess I had. She'll be upset she takes such an interest in all of them.
7: Mr. Jones. Yes,
4: yes, come in, Mary. My dear, I want you to meet Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective. How do you do, Miss Millers?
7: How do you do? Mr. Jones, what is a detective doing here? And what's that crowd down the street?
4: Mary, I have a shocking piece of news for you, my dear. The man that we know as Blind Barney has been brutally murdered.
7: (gasps) Murdered? Did you say murdered? Oh, no. No.
2: Oh! Mary. Miss Smithers, you Oh my,
7: oh, my gracious. gracious, she's fainted.
4: I told you, Mr. Chameleon, that Mary would be upset.
2: I hardly thought she'd be so upset that she'd faint, Mr.
4: Jones. She'll be all right in a moment, and then you can question her. Meanwhile, if you're interested in seeing our house and how we care for poor people... Yes, I am deeply interested.
2: You're doing a wonderful work here, Mr. Jones, you and your sisters.
4: My father always believed that charity should have the personal touch. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the room where they congregate, waiting to receive food or money.
2: They speak very softly,
4: don't they? Almost in whispers. So they do, Mr. Chameleon. And this is the kitchen... That's our cook, Jose, talking to an old derelict known as Simple Sarah.
2: Also whispering, I say, Is that a rule of the house? I beg your pardon? Oh, uh, here comes Jose.
4: Jose, I want you to meet I me.
6: know. A cop. A dirty, meddling cop. What does he want? My
4: dear Jose. Does
6: he think that somebody here bumped off Blind Barney? Because if he does, well, he knows what he can do about it. Mr. Chameleon,
4: I'm very sorry. I hope you'll excuse it. Jose has a strange background. Criminal? Well, semi-criminal. He came to me down and out, and I gave him this job as cook. I have every belief that we'll rehabilitate him eventually.
2: You have great faith in humanity, haven't you, Mr. Jones?
4: Great faith. No one can take that away from me. What was that? Good heavens. Sounds like Mary Smithers. Come on. Miss Millers.
7: Yes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm really frightfully embarrassed. I I didn't mean to scream. my
4: dear child, what was it? Oh, uh, hello, uh,
8: Jimmy. Hello, Mr. Jones. I'm... Well, I'm afraid it was all my fault.
7: No, it wasn't, darling. You you just startled me, that's all. Mr. Chameleon, this is my fiancée, Jimmy Condon.
2: How do you do, sir? How do you do? Are you in the habit of startling your fiancée to such an extent that she screams? Why... No, sir, No,
7: it was all my fault, truly. I'm a silly neurotic girl. I must be, Mr. Chameleon. First I faint, and then I scream.
2: Well, at that, I prefer a good, healthy scream to a lot of furtive whispering. Uh, But about that uh, fainting spell, Mary, why were you so shocked to hear of Blind Barney's death? Why shouldn't she be, Mr. Chameleon? You're probably hardened to murder, but Mary isn't. I'm asking her, Mr. Condon. Mary? Why should the news of Blind Barney's death shock you so deeply that you'd fall in a faint? Mary,
4: please, if you know anything at all, if you even have any suspicions, tell Mr. Chameleon.
7: No, I, I don't know a thing, Mr. Jones. I, I have no reason at all for fainting. Just, just a case of silly nerves. Jimmy. Yes, darling? I've enjoyed the evening so much. It did me a lot of good to forget things for a while.
8: Mary, what is it you want to forget? Why are you so nervous? I thought you liked your work, and the Jones adore you. They treat you like a daughter.
7: The Jones have nothing to do with it, Jimmy. They're wonderful, all three of them. But there's something going on in that house, something evil. Jose the cook, he... He frightens me terribly. And all those beggars who come there, they whisper, whisper, whisper.
8: Oh, this is all nonsense.
7: Jimmy, you're not being honest with me. You don't believe it's nonsense. This morning when I said I was going to tell Mr. Chameleon, the detective of my fears, you grabbed my arm so hard you made me scream. Why? Why did you do that to me, darling?
8: Because if anything strange is going on in the Jones house, I want you to keep out of it. Do you understand? Keep out of it, Mary. But... Jimmy, listen. What?
7: We're being followed. I knew it. That's happened lately, too. I'm followed.
8: By a blind man.
7: Yes, they take turns at it. Darling, I'm so afraid I can't go on like this. Tomorrow morning I'm going to the police and see Mr. Chameleon. And not even you, whom I love, can stop me.
8: Chameleon, I demand to know where I'm being taken. I demand to know what this is all about.
2: You'll find out, Jimmy, in just a moment now. You still haven't told me where you were last night. Of
8: course I told you. I had dinner with
2: Mary. And then? I took her to the movies. And then?
8: We we took a walk. We had a cup of coffee at a place on Sheridan Square, and I I brought her home. Then? I went home. As you know, Mister Chameleon, I'm a bookkeeper at a dress manufacturing house, and I had was stopping. Mr. Chameleon, this is the Jones house. What's all that crowd doing around the entrance to the basement?
2: I'll show you, Jimmy. And don't try to get away. There. That is the girl that you were supposedly in love with.
8: Mary. Mary! Mr. Chameleon, she's... She's not dead.
2: A body was found here early this morning, stabbed in the back like blind Barney. Died between three and five in the morning. Oh, no. Another point of resemblance. As you can see, an X was carved in Mary's cheek. Jimmy, what does that mean? Have you any idea?
8: Me? No, you... You don't think that I did it. I was home and in bed, I... I can't prove it, but I was.
2: I'm afraid you'll have to prove it.
4: Jimmy. What? Jimmy. Mr. Jones. Jimmy, in the name of heaven, did you do this terrible thing? No, no, I swear it. Don't lie. If you killed Mary, if you suspect who killed her, if you think of any reason why anyone should murder that sweet girl, say so now. Confess, Jimmy. Confess, my poor boy, for the good of your soul.
2: I have nothing to confess. Mr. Chameleon, believe me. I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I don't believe you. We'll have to take you down to police headquarters. I am thoroughly convinced that you have a great deal to tell us. I didn't do it. I tell you, I didn't do it. There is a sign over my desk at headquarters that says the innocent must be protected, the guilty must be punished. And it means exactly what it says.
3: Hi, Mr. Chameleon.
2: Hello, hello, Dave. Everything under control?
3: Yeah, Jimmy Condon's being held as material witness to Mary Smither's death. But we can't get a thing out of him. He says
2: he didn't kill the girl and he doesn't know a thing
3: about it. Mm-hmm. Say so the commissioner's pretty anxious to see you.
2: Yes, yes, I've been standing here fascinated, watching the beggars troop into the Jones house all morning long, Been quite a procession. I think I'll have to join it.
3: You mean you're going into the Jones' house
2: disguised as a beggar? Oh, not as a beggar, necessarily. Just an old derelict. I want to get in there, and I want to circulate among them. See if I can't hear what the whispering beggars in the House of Whispers are saying.
1: Mr. Chameleon and the case of murder and the House of Whispers continues in just a moment. Next time you want relief from an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain, remember that one thing you can take with complete confidence is genuine Bayer Aspirin. You can take it confident of amazingly fast relief, for Bayer Aspirin is actually ready to go to work in two seconds, and you can take it confident of really dependable relief, for no other pain reliever can match its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. Don't ever forget this unmatched record. It's important because it means you can take Bayer Aspirin sure in the knowledge that it will bring you the gentle relief that's important to your health. So don't experiment with drugs that have not been proved by years of successful use. For the two most important kinds of relief, fast relief and dependable relief, do as millions do. Be sure with Bayer Aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle, and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of murder and the house of whispers. It is the following morning, and in the office of the police commissioner, the commissioner and Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold are talking together, and Dave is saying, Look, Commissioner,
3: you know as well as I do that Jimmy Condon murdered Mary Smithers. He sits there in his cell and he won't open his mouth. Why? Because he's got nothing to say.
9: It's an open and shut case. Don't let Chameleon hear you say that, Dave. He doesn't believe there's such a thing as an open and shut case. All right, all right. He's smarter than
3: I am. I agree. I don't come any smarter than he is, but... Dave, did you have
2: to add that but? Mr. Chameleon. I'm sorry. I'm uh, just uh, practicing up on my eavesdropping. Expect to do a lot of it from now on. Well, what do you think? I have a chance to get by, Commissioner? My gosh, you'd fool me. Where'd you get that five days' growth of beard and the inflamed eyelids? you look terrible, Mr. Chameleon. Why, thank you, Dave. Uh, most of it's makeup, since I haven't had time to grow a beard. Yes, but the
9: trembling hands, the shuffling walk. I'm telling you, you'd
2: fool me. Well, those beggars are harder to fool than you are. I talked to that stool pigeon that we uh, use on the Bowery. He's going to sponsor me. He's going to spread the word around that an old bum named Joe Tracy has just hit town.
9: And you're going to the Jones house disguised as
2: Joe Tracy. Yes, indeed, Commissioner. You see, Joe Tracy goes anywhere but he can get a free handout. I might add that um, old Joe is very, very deaf. So deaf that perhaps uh, when he's in the room, people won't feel it's necessary to talk in whispers. <whistles>
1: And now, Mr. Chameleon, disguised as the very deaf beggar, Joe Tracy, is talking to Abigail Jones.
10: Heard about you, ma'am. Minute ahead town. You and your sister here and your sainted brother, uh, Mr. Eben Jones, is it?
5: That's right. right. I'm Miss Abigail Jones, and this is my sister, Miss Priscilla. Beg pardon, didn't catch that? I said yes. Our name is Jones. Uh, But but we've never never seen seen you here before.
10: What's that? What's that? We've never seen you at here at our house before. No, no. Yes, uh, old Joe Tracy's been traveling round the country, but <laughs> a, a pal of mine, um, Smiley Evans, told me to come here. Said you handed out sandwiches every day at day, eleven o'clock. We, we do. do. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> can I join your club? We've tried to be very careful about who
5: we take in since poor little Mary lost her life, but all
10: right. Follow me, please. Thank you, Miss Abigail. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A thousand blessings on your head. You wait in this room, please, with
5: the rest of our friends. Jose the cook will take care of you. Jose.
6: Yes, Miss Abigail.
5: This gentleman is new here. He was sent by Smiley Evans. Please see that he's taken care of when the food is given out. He's also very deaf. You have to shout at him.
6: Yeah. So you're deaf, are you? And Smiley Evans sent you, huh? I always thought he was a stool pigeon. Huh? What'd you say about Smiley Evans? Oh, so you heard that, did you? I say you heard me mention Smiley Evans.
10: Yeah, no, I I didn't, but I I can do some lip reading. When you mentioned Smiley Evans, I got that fine.
6: Did you also get it when I said I thought Smiley was a stool pigeon? A spy for the police?
10: Smiley? No, is that a fact?
6: Mm. Say, you can't read lips when people are behind you, can you?
10: Yeah, <laughs> Are you nuts? You think I got eyes in the back of my head?
6: <laughs> Excuse me, will you? I got to talk to my girlfriend, Simple Sarah. Uh. She's a panhandler like Smiley Evans. I'll tell her you know him. Hey, Sarah. Yeah? You see that old creep? He says he's deaf. I'm going to find out. We'll go up behind him and pretend you're going to jab a pin in him. We'll talk in ordinary voices and see if he turns around. Okay?
5: (laughs) Sure, Jose. Can can I really jab a pin in him?
6: You do just like I tell you, that's all. Now, let's go. Now listen, Sarah. You cut it out. You go around jabbing pins in people, and they put you in a nut house.
5: (laughs) I won't hurt him.
6: Now cut it out. He's a nice old guy. Deaf as a post, but you leave him alone.
5: You mean he can't hear me now? When I'm standing right back of him? No. <laughs> then I'm going to stick this pin right into him and make him jump. I'm going to stick it right into him. Jose, he ain't moved a muscle.
6: No. I guess he was on the level. He's deaf, all right, and like he said. You can't read lips when the person is behind you.
5: Can't I stick them? No.
6: All right, Sarah. I got something special for you in your sandwich.
5: You have?
6: Yeah. Something very special.
2: So I won the first round, Commissioner. Jose, the cook, was convinced I was deaf. And when Simple Sarah got in line to pick up her sandwich, I was right in front of her. I distracted her attention and switched the sandwiches. And look what I found hidden in the meat spread.
9: What is it, chameleon?
2: A little packet of white powder. What? Mm-hmm. Narcotics. Dope. Exactly. How is that for a tasty morsel? The darnedest sandwich I ever saw. That explains why we've picked up so many drug-crazed killers lately.
9: So that's the way the dope's been circulating, through the beggars and the derelicts. Using a man like Evan Jones and his sisters for a front. Using their home as a clearinghouse for that rotten traffic and dope. Well, we'll take care of that. And fast, too.
2: Uh, no, wait. Wait, Commissioner. Hmm? Before you pick anyone up, uh, Simple Sarah or Jose, but, I... But,
9: don't you realize that Simple Sarah must have already reported that you got the sandwich that was intended for her? Of
2: course I do. They're on guard. They're on the lookout for me.
9: Yes, and they'll waylay you and murder you the way they did blind Barney
2: and Mary Smithers. Who will? Simple Sarah? Jose? One of the other derelicts? Which one? That's what I want to know. And that is what I intend to find out tonight. But, Chameleon... Uh, One other thing, Commissioner. Uh, Release Jimmy Condon. If he's in on this narcotic ring some way, he'll be waiting there at the Joneses' house for me. What are you going to do? going to return the sandwich. I'm going to stand in the entrance hall with the whole house at my back and give the killer plenty of room to move up behind me. Because, don't forget, Commissioner, I am disguised as a deaf old man old Joe Tracy, and I can't hear a thing that's going on behind me.
10: So I I thought I'd come and tell you, ma'am. Miss Abigail, ain't it, Miss Abigail? Yes, yes, I'm Miss Abigail. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I should uh, come and tell you, seeing you've been so kind... Don't want you to get in no trouble with the police or nothing. The police? Sure, you and your brother, Mr. Evan Jones, you're the angels from heaven. But there's somebody in this house that ain't talking too loud, Emma. Well, you're not exactly talking quietly, Mr. Tracy. And I still don't understand what it is that you want. It's so late at night. Yeah, I know, I know, Miss Abigail. I'd have come sooner, but I couldn't get uptown. Anyways, here's a sandwich Jose the cook gave me by mistake. So he came, Eben. Yes, Priscilla. I thought he would. He brought the sandwich, too. Hey, you listening? Miss Abigail, you look so scared. No, you? no, Mr. Tracy. I'm listening, but... Yeah, well, anyways, here's the sandwich. Be quiet, Evan. He can't hear us. He wouldn't hear us till we're on him. See? See, Miss Abigail, there was a package of powder in this sandwich, and that powder, I knew what it was right off. Now do it. Now, Evan. No, we're not close enough. So, I says to myself... Got to warn the Joneses so they can get to the police. Because someone in this house of yours, Miss Abigail's running the dope ring. In fact, they're standing behind me now they intend to kill me. No! The way they killed blind Barney and poor Mary Smithers.
9: No!
10: Dave, they turned out the lights. Are you okay? You okay, Dave? It. Yep. I've got them, too. So have I. All right. No use struggling. I use this gun if I have to.
2: Turn on those oh, lights, Miss Abigail. You don't, so help me out, shoot. I tell you. I... There. That's better. Well, well, look who we have here. The saintly Eben Jones, the friend of the poor, and
10: his sister Priscilla. Let go
2: of me, you dirty cop. Priscilla, who ranked second to her brother in saintliness and who probably did the mutilating after he did the killing. A little X she took such pleasure in carving on her victims' faces as a warning to anyone else who might betray them. Who are you?
4: You're not a beggar? You're Don't not, you
2: know who he is. Haven't you
3: guessed? Tell them, Dave. He's Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters. Mr. Chameleon!
4: Oh, no! Eben, Eben, we've been tricked. Mr. Chameleon, really, this is all a hideous mistake. We
2: are not criminals. We're not dope peddlers. We're certainly not murderers. No? Well, I'm afraid Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold here will testify against you. I heard you, Mr. Jones, when you were moving up behind me. And Dave saw you when you raised your hand with that knife in it to kill me. His eyesight and my hearing are in perfect condition. I assume the police will accept that as evidence.
8: So Evan Jones and his sisters finally confessed, did they, Mr. Chameleon?
2: Yes, yes, Jimmy, it didn't take long. Now, it's amazing when you think of it, those three gentle people in their beautiful old home operating the most vicious narcotics ring we've uncovered in years. Poor Mary. Yes, poor Mary. The girl you loved suspected the truth. So did you, didn't you, Jimmy? That's why you kept quiet. You were afraid of them. You feared them more than you did a murder charge.
8: Yes, Mr. Chameleon.
2: Well, that is where you were wrong, Jimmy. Terribly wrong. They would have gotten you anyway. Never forget that. Always go to the police... Not because it's the courageous thing to do, but because in the end, it's the safe thing to do.
1: And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. There's no need for you to take anybody's word for the speed with which you can relieve an ordinary headache. A simple test will show you how quickly a Bayer Aspirin tablet is ready to go to work. Just drop the tablet in a glass of water and watch what happens. How quickly it disintegrates indicates how quickly it's ready to go to work. And as you'll see, it starts to disintegrate before it reaches the bottom of the glass. Because Bayer Aspirin does the same in your stomach, because it's ready to go to work in two seconds, it brings relief with amazing speed. So for fast pain relief, take advantage of Bayer Aspirin's remarkable two-second action. And when you buy, ask for it by name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100 tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces in The Case of the Voices from the Dead. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Anne Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney.
8: After years of work, a revolutionary new toothpaste has been developed called Lion's Toothpaste. By actual laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth, it gets teeth two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands, brighter by far than any other toothpaste. New Lion's Toothpaste does this because it's a new kind of toothpaste with a formula that's completely new and radically different, a remarkable toothpaste that cleans without soap and polishes without chalk. Try it. Ask for Lion's Toothpaste.
1: Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Case of the Voices from the Dead next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Welcome back. Well, all in all, a pretty good story. I think that there was a solid setup with the blind man who wasn't blind and wasn't uh, actually broke either. Now, of course, you did have a sense that this family was not what it seemed, just given the way that things tend to operate since they were over the top in their apparent virtue but it was still a question as to what was actually going on and how Chameleon would get at the truth. I thought that Chameleon's disguise was good, although the whole passing drugs and the sandwich in public thing was a bit too convenient. They had to wrap this up somehow, I guess. All right, well, uh, let's talk about what's ahead for Thursday. Mr. Chameleon is going to be with us for some time. Some of this does depend on what new episodes come into circulation, but I expect that in Season 15, we will begin our run through Mr. and Mrs. North. And when we do Mr. and Mrs. North... We are only going to do the radio episodes that feature Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost. We're not going to do the later Barbara, Britton, and Richard Denning episodes. And that, this is not uh, in any way a reflection on them as actors. In fact, they are off stage for most of the episodes, which is part of the problem with that run. And that... It kind of appears as a problem towards the end of the Curtain Frost run, but it's definitely much more pronounced when you get into the Denning Britain run, and not at all pleasant to listen to, for my part. So, we are only going to do the Curtain and Frost episodes. And then, once we finish those, which will take 40 weeks, and this will be sometime in Season 16... After 13 years of bringing detective programs to you six days a week, we will return five days a week of detective programs with a Saturday episode, which will be old time radio adventure themed. And we'll start by playing kind of shows that people have wanted that are close to the detective genre. But aren't things like Voyage of the Scarlet Queen? Uh, The first thing we'll play will be Bold Venture. And we'll alternate a bit between playing through the adventure series as well as playing through anthology programs. Eventually, when we get to programs that are not at all close to the detective genre, for example, I will eventually want to do the Scarlet Pimpernel. It will drop out of the Great Detectives podcast and just be its own. I'm hoping to build up uh, audience for old-time radio adventures for a few years with programs that are kind of close to the detective genre before we totally cut it off from great detectives. Now, in the past, I'd mentioned that I'd planned on doing a science fiction uh, old-time radio podcast, and I'm not really feeling that anymore. Although I do think that some of the more Adventure-based juvenile science fiction series may have some potential with other adventure series that were more targeted towards younger audiences, and that's something I am thinking about is is whether we would want to do a podcast. With adventure series that were targeted towards a younger audience, things like Tarzan and Flash Gordon, Space Patrol. I enjoyed doing Superman, although I'm not sure that taking 10 years to get through the series was the best decision. I am considering what we might do with those sort of adventure-based series. The other idea I've had is kind of a family hour old-time radio program. It would be built around a long-running sitcom, and it would air every week that the sitcom aired, and it would take summer breaks, so it would kind of be synchronized. So you would be getting seasonal episodes, and if there were missing episodes of the sitcom, then you would... Uh, substitute something else. And you'd have the sitcom at the top of the hour and then at the bottom of the hour you would have a family-based drama, whether it was Hallmark Playhouse or Family Theater or Cavalcade of America. And those are a couple ideas that I'm thinking about at the moment. I don't plan on launching anything new in terms of old-time radio podcast until at least the latter part of next year, I really do want to focus on what we've got going now with Great Detectives and Time Radio Snack Wagon and, to a lesser extent, Amazing World of Radio and really get those working at their best. And uh, the finances, obviously, is going to be another part of that. Any new podcast is going to take more time and is also going to bring more admin work. And that honestly is the big challenge because the time that gets spent on podcast admin and social media is time that's not being spent doing the fun stuff, doing the research, recording the podcast. And honestly, we're able to increase our revenue. Our big focus is going to be on reducing the amount that we end up spending on admin. So we've got more flexibility And that's kind of where we're thinking right now. So, in short, uh, be sure to on listening to Mr. and Mrs. North next season. And then after that, get ready for an old-time radio adventures podcast. And then beyond that, who knows? Alright, well now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Dan. Dan has been one of our Patreon supporters since January 2018, currently supporting the podcast at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Dan. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon. But join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the Shepherd Matter, where... Johnny Dollar. This is the hotel operator, Mr.
8: Dollar. Were you cut off... I, uh... Tell her not to let any more calls in here. Come on! I was cut off, but I'd rather get some sleep now. Anybody phones, just take a message.
7: All right, Mr. Dollar. Hold it there. Sit down.
8: Put your hands on your knees. Now, just so as you and I understand each other, you make one move, wiggle a finger, I'll empty this gun right in your stomach. You understand me? I understand you, Forbes. You're crazy.
0: I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.